This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushduni. Chapter 13, Graceless Confession. In the 1920s and 1930s, a distressing aspect of associations with other boys in our neighbourhood was to hear at times disrespectful references to the confessional by some Catholic boys. It is quite likely true that some priests were given to relentless probing which may have informed boys of sins they were yet ignorant of. There is, however, a moral necessity for respect even in such cases, not for the person but for the rite and its meaning. Since then, the confessional has declined in its ecclesiastical form to give way to other kinds of confession. One of these is the boastful confession. Especially after 1960, with the rise of Playboy and Penthouse and similar sexual liberation periodicals, letters written to these periodicals routinely contained ostensibly confessional accounts of personal sexuality which were boastful and more than a little given to fiction. There was nothing new in all this. Areas and times of cultural decay are commonly marked by a boastful claim to powers in sinning rather than in virtue. The Renaissance saw men bragging of how many men they killed and how many times they copulated in a single night. In the France of Louis XV, fidelity to one's wife was seen as ridiculous, whereas adultery and its commission came to be practised by some as a fine art. Earlier, the English court of Charles II flaunted not only its lawless sexuality, but also its physical filthiness. Some of the lawless men on the American frontier, fewer than is generally assumed, loved to boast of their badness, even as American ghetto gangs of the 1980s and 1990s regarded a reputation for badness as something to be seriously cultivated. John Leo reported in 1990 on a telephone confession hotline in New York City. Leo discovered that one could listen to both real and fictitious confessions for a fee, quote, five or six times the cost of an ordinary phone call, end quote. Leo reported, quote, First came the cautionary tale of Nikki, who says she cannot recover from the psychological and physical abuse she suffered while serving as a rock groupie in the 60s. Then a long story of awful sexual abuse told by a teenage girl who says she had murdered a love rival, shot her boyfriend in both legs and then, while on the run, summoned her brother who had raped her. End quote. Why are these people confessing on a public telephone line available to all who choose to listen? Why this desire to parade a variety of sins, imagined or real? As against the secret nature of Christian confessional, 
parishioner to priest or pastor, followed by sometimes public repentance, penance or restitution, these telephone confessions are not secret, have no true repentance and lack all absolution. A number of observations can be made about such confessions. First, although the telephone form is new, public confessions are not. Over the years, more than a few men, whether in locker rooms or bars, have made public confession of various offences and, in other contexts, women have done the same. Some of these confessions are true, actual sins are confessed, but without any attempt at changing one's moral conduct. The fact of confession is seen as both sufficient repentance and also absolution. A new beginning is then possible. Past sins no longer count, they have been confessed. Second, in some instances, such, a, such confessions are of imagined and fictional, fic, fictional sins. They are a form of boasting. Such people seek a greatness in sin. They exalt themselves in their confessions to a status above commonplace sinners. In their own eyes, they are masters in sinning. Milton saw this aspect of sin in his depiction of Satan, who says, quote, here we may, we may reign secure, and in my choice. To reign is worth ambition, though in hell. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. End quote. Much of the popularity of Milton's Satan is due to his pride in sin. Paradise Regained is less popular with readers because Satan there appears shabby and defeated. Third, in some instances, public confessions are true, but no absolution is wanted because the goal is a masochistic pleasure in suffering. Such people are very resentful of counsel that calls attention to an obvious answer to their problem. They do not want deliverance, but suffering, which for them is their chosen form of atonement. They prefer increased suffering and pity for their griefs to any actual deliverance. There is an emotional intensification in their guilt in order to stress the reality of their guilt and confession. Guilt and grief are studiously nursed. Fourth, for some, public confession and a public suffering are necessary to prove victimisation. Their attitude is, indeed, I sinned, but I was really the victim. The absolution they seek is recognition as a victim, Everyone took advantage of poor innocent me in their perspective. They confess so that one might feel sorry for them as a victim. If someone calls attention to their own guilt in the offence and their very real assent to the act of sin, they can be almost murderous. The confess, they confess for sympathy and to gain confirmation of their imagined role as a victim. Fifth, Confession is made to give evidence or proof of being alive. I'm only human and you haven't lived unless you have committed such a sin. You are then expected to confess to a like sin and thereby absolve the offender. Failure to do so is seen as evidence of hypocrisy and dishonesty. Confession should lead to absolution and mutual confession. Repentance and restitution do not enter into their thinking. To abandon biblical faith does not mean a deliverance from the God of Scripture, nor from his, his 
inescapable categories of life. To live without food is not possible. We are creatures in God's world, not in a realm of our own imagining. Similarly, sins against God and his law order exact their penalties, and there is no escape from them. John Leo titles his account of the Confession Hotline and other related phenomena, The Entertaining of America. The fact of a telephone confessional, where one can hear confessions of a very prurient nature, is clear evidence that sin has become an important means of entertainment, both in its depiction and in the confessions thereof. Not surprisingly, there is, at the same time, an increasing amount of violence in films and novels. There is an appetite for sin rather than virtue, and sin has become an exciting commodity in the world of entertainment. Even rapes are graphically portrayed in film. Although done in the name of realism, such depictions represent rather prurient tastes and desires, and a false view of realism. The realm comprehended as reality is a very limited and deformed one. Biblical confession has as its goal restitution and the restoration of God's order. Humanistic confessions are contemptuous of God's order and implicitly require an acceptance of sin and guilt as aspects of life, inescapable aspects which are beyond remedy. This creates a situation whose only remedy is judgment, God's judgment. A world which denies grace will receive none. This is the end of chapter 13. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.